Hello, and welcome to Grain Insight, a CN update on getting your grain to market. I'm Stacey McCracken, and joining me is David Shednovic, Director of Sales and Marketing. David, today we're going to focus on the Port of Thunder Bay and the Seaway. Can you start us off with a bit of history on Thunder Bay as a hub for grain shipping? Thanks, Stacey. So Thunder Bay's only been with us since 1970, when Fort William and Port Arthur amalgamated along with Niebing and McIntyre Townships. And back in the mid-1880s, the combined population of Fort William and Port Arthur was just 6,000. But eventually these two towns rose to dominate the eastern grain business originated out of western Canada. The first grain cargo from western Canada to take an all-Canadian route, all 400 tons of it, was shipped from Port Arthur on the steam barge Aaron. Some of the wheat was shipped in sacks since there were no bulk grain handling facilities at Port Arthur at the time, and the rest was moved from storage by wheelbarrow. The first terminals were built in 1883-84 at Port Arthur and Fort William by Canadian Pacific, once the CP line reached the lakehead. The Port Arthur facility had a quarter million bushels of storage, while the Fort William facility had a million bushels of storage. Eventually, wood gave way to concrete once the slip-form, continuous concrete pouring construction method was pioneered in the U.S. by FHPV. By 1915, there were 15 terminals at the lakehead with a combined capacity of 16 million bushels, with all but three operated by private interests. There were also two classifications of elevators by 1912, terminal and hospital, of which the latter condition rejected damaged grain to improved saleability. By 1932, there were 32 terminals, all operated by private companies or farmer cooperatives. What does the waterfront look like today for grain in Thunder Bay? Storage capacity at the lakehead peaked in the late 1960s at 107 million bushels, or almost 3 million tons wheat equivalent and grain shipments peaked in the early 1980s at 17.7 million tons. Over the past five years, the grain program from Thunder Bay has ranged from 7.3 to 8.3 million tons. The increase in prairie production since the mid-2000s has been the primary driver behind those increased volumes, which had been in the 5 to 6 million ton range from 2000 to 2013. Today you have seven licensed terminal elevators in Thunder Bay with a combined storage capacity of almost 1.2 million tons, plus Canada Maltings plant. Moving from north to south, Richardson has two terminals, Richardson Current River and Richardson Main, and then you have Canada Malting and Viterra A&B House. Up the Kamenistiqua River, you have Western Grain Byproducts, and up the Mission River, it's G3 Canada Limited, along with Superior Elevator, which is a joint venture between Cargill and Parrish and Heimbecker. Mobile X also has a loop track facility along the Mission River that can load grain direct rail to vessel, and can also load other commodities like fertilizer. When does the shipping season begin and end, and what influences shipping patterns? The last export vessels, as well as Lakers destined to transfer elevators in the St. Lawrence, generally depart Thunder Bay between December 20th and 24th. Resumption of vessel loading generally doesn't occur until after March 25th, but always depending on the severity of ice conditions on the lakes. In years when ice conditions are extreme, opening of navigation has resumed as late as April 10 or 20, like back in 2014 and 2015. Overall, Thunder Bay railcar unloads declined from a peak level of 2,500 to 3,000 per week in the fall to no more than a few hundred per week over the winter, with the pace of unloads picking up in the back end of March in front of the opening of navigation. Direct rail shipments to the St. Lawrence and other destinations east and south represent a limited offset to this significant loss of export capacity, and it's the primary reason CN's maximum sustainable supply chain capacity guidance declines from 5,650 CN hoppers per week plus privates outside of winter to 4,150 per week plus privates during winter. 
The St. Lawrence Seaway is a critical component of the Eastern Grain supply chain. Can you discuss its history and the route from the lakehead to the St. Lawrence? Now, vessels calling Thunder Bay are a mix of salties and lakers. Salties are ocean-going vessels, while lakers are purpose-built for the Great Lakes, transshipping grain, along with other commodities such as iron ore and salt for that matter, from Great Lakes ports to other grain handling and processing facilities on the lakes, or direct to one of six transfer elevators in the St. Lawrence for transshipment. The Seaway is an engineering marvel, moving over 200 million tons of cargo annually. There are two key sets of locks. The 189-mile Montreal-Lake-Ontario section, with its seven locks, five Canadian and two U.S., was built to launch the Seaway in 1959, and it lifts vessels 75 meters above sea level. Prior to the MLO section's construction, the Welland Canal was constructed to connect Lake Ontario and Lake Erie. And in fact, today's Welland Canal is the fourth version of it. It is 28 miles long, and its eight Canadian locks lift vessels 100 meters over the Niagara Escarpment. It was completed in 1932 and deepened in the 1950s in front of the seaway opening. A ship's voyage from the Port of Thunder Bay to Montreal would start by crossing Lake Superior down to the St. Mary's River. Transiting the St. Mary's River, passing through one lock, onto Lake Huron, and then down to the St. Clair River, Lake St. Clair, and Detroit River, passing Windsor and Detroit in the process. From the Detroit River, the vessels transit across Lake Erie to the Welland Canal at Port Colborne, and once through the Welland, Vessels cross Lake Ontario and then down the St. Lawrence River to Montreal. All in, the average transit time would be approximately four and a half to five days, and the distance covered from Thunder Bay is over 2,300 miles. Thanks for your time, David, and thanks for listening to Grain Insight, an update from CN.